Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. with a 1-1 draw against Orlando. There were a lot of positives to take away with Barrero and Petrovic looking great, uh, as well as a beautiful goal and a great setup from Gustavo Bo. Uh, a beautiful goal from Carlos Hill and a great setup from Gustavo Bo. But in the end, the Revolution managed to only take one point at home. Another frustrating result for this team in a season where that seems to be a theme. Uh, and they remain on the cusp of the playoff picture uh, as they could have uh, left over Orlando in the playoff standings, uh, but instead they moved to sixth with 20 points and remain two points below Orlando. I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me today is Chris Lucas. Chris, how are you? Greg, you know, I could be doing better. Uh, I found out last minute that I was going to be able to watch this game, which I was really excited about. I thought I was only going to catch the last like 30 minutes or so. Uh, so I was able to watch the whole thing, which, uh, thank goodness, because that first half was really exciting. The second half, uh, I don't know. I, it wasn't super, super exciting. Didn't really hold my attention as much as uh, I wish it wish it did. Uh, definitely didn't find that winner, unfortunately. But uh, I guess I'm doing okay. I think the Revs should have taken three points. Would have been doing a lot better if that uh, that had been the case. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I think the first half was a lot more exciting. I think we saw a lot more promise uh, in the first half. Uh, kind of an unlucky goal there. Uh, I, I, Petrovic. Probably could have done a little bit better, but that's a goal where mm-hmm. uh, Orlando is just kind of gripping and ripping and hoping they they hit that from a tight angle. And what do you know? They they hit it perfectly. Uh, I don't even think maybe you can kind of get on the defense a little bit. Probably should have been a cleared corner. Um, Polster was you know a little bit far away from from that man who was left a little bit open uh, in the back there. But um, all things considered, I, I think that's usually a save from that that angle. So uh, feels like it should have been three points. Very disappointing result overall. Chris, um, why don't you give me your key takeaway? And by the way, our key takeaway today uh, is sponsored by our friends over at The Rebellion. Learn more about them at nyrebellion.org. Thank you to The Rebellion for sponsoring this podcast. Chris, what is your key takeaway? Uh, So I thought about several different things here. I I was going to kind of go with Sebastian Legette. I I, I still don't know what to think about him, but my key takeaway tonight is I think he might be best suited as a deep midfielder. Uh, I saw him playing a bit there, especially after the Polster injury, and uh, uh, later on once uh, once Captoon was uh, subbed out. Um, I thought Sebastian Legette played better. Uh, he was more impactful. I uh, still uh, he needs to be scoring goals. Like that's his position, or that's that's his play style. That's what he was brought in for: or creating goals, creating chances, something along that line. He doesn't need to be playing a deep midfield role. But uh, I thought that's where he was the most impactful for the Revs, maybe all season long, uh, despite or aside from a couple of, uh, you know, outbursts here and there where he's been good offensively. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of my takeaway. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It was just kind of an interesting game, I think, overall for Sebastian Legette. He was really kind of quiet for a lot of the offensive play in the first half. And uh, in the second half, I, I think you saw him settle it down quite a bit. And I wonder if maybe... Sebastian Legette starts migrating to that sort of role. I know that's not what he wants to hear, um, but I think that might be uh, the role that kind of suits him best. And if that's the case, um, I think that might co- might uh, sound the alarm a little bit for some some uh, some trouble for the Reds going forward uh, in the attack. I mean, 
he's here for to help the attack, right? He's supposed mm-hmm. to be somewhat like a shadow ten type uh, type type player, and and we haven't really seen that from him. So, it, it, kind of a weird take for me, but that's kind of the thing that's been jumping out to me the most. I, I'm kind of actually glad you. I was going to mention Legend at some point. Glad we're getting him a little bit out of the way. First off, I want to say uh, I hope that uh, Matt Polster feels great. That is a very scary condition, yes. um, yeah. and, and reminds me of the DC game from two years ago where he took a, a kick to the head um, and he was out a few weeks. It's, so he has a history with concussions. I certainly hope he is doing well, not just for on the field performance, but a very very scary collision with uh, Matt. So hopefully he's doing well. Hopefully we get an update on that uh, later tonight from the press conference. But uh, in terms of Sebastian Legend, I think one of the things that makes him valuable is his versatility he can start out on the wing and then move centrally if you need him there um you know it, it allows the revs to go from a one striker formation to a two striker formation if they want i know tonight Bo kind of played a little bit more on the wing but um it gives you a chance to move him around and kind of fit many different pieces and you're right uh, his role in today tonight's guy, game changed a little bit uh, but he was pretty solid overall very quiet uh, 81 minutes played 30 for 32 passing 94%, only 40 touches. I think my biggest complaint with him really all season long has just been the inability to kind of get going, really kind of creating the attack, like you said, Chris. Uh, but for the role he's playing, uh, he seems to be doing a solid job. So, um, you know, I, I think he's doing fine for what they are asking of him. But, yeah, I'd like to see him make a little bit more of an impact. But uh, Randy LH is here. Randy, uh, I don't know if you have a comment on the jet or if you want to have your own takeaway, but the floor is yours. Uh, what's your reaction to tonight's game? Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Um, my very first take is I really want to hear your opinion on uh, Golden Hand's top New England Revolution strikers of all time. I think that should honestly be occupying most of our uh, our time here. But if we want to talk about the game tonight, my biggest thing was uh, in the second half, it seemed like everything about our game style changed when we took off Captoom and took, took, put on Altidore. And I'm not a Captoom fan by any means. I think I've been pretty critical of him over the last couple of years. I think we're paying too much for mediocre play, but I honestly thought tonight in the first half, he had one of his best games yet for the Revs. And then we took him off for understandable reasons, given that he was on a yellow and all, but took him off and replaced him with Josie. And it seemed like our ability to play through the midfield just collapsed. And we were relying more on, wing work and Jones wasn't getting anything done on the left side for us. And it just seemed like our ability to, to build up from the back and create much of anything in the run of play just disappeared in the second half. So I don't know that was my take on it, but interested to hear what y'all think about that. Of course, Randy, I could not agree with that comment more. I noticed the same exact thing and it feels like to me, cap doom. I, I didn't like his game last weekend. This weekend, he seemed a lot sharper. He was 16 for 16 on passes, 100%, uh, 22 touches in one half, uh, one tackle. He was one for one on tackles. He had a clearance. He had an interception. He won some balls in the midfield, five recoveries, two for five on ground duels. That's really his only blemish, but really, really solid game from Captoom overall today. And you're right. It seemed like when they took him off for Josie, Josie, I thought actually this might be a hot take. I thought he played pretty good. Uh, he was doing really nice job holding up the ball, moving it to the wingers. He's still a little slow getting in the box, looking for the crosses. I, I you know, I, I, I think, you know, again, he's not fully fit. I understand that. He's, he's a work in progress. I understand that. But I think we saw progress from Josie today. So I'm going to take the glass half full and say that, you know, maybe this Bruce Arena plan of putting in Josie will work out eventually. But tonight I think it really hurt them because, as you said, it took away uh, a possession midfielder in the midfield, and it seemed like the Revs 
you know, in the first half, they were carrying the ball through the midfield. They were giving it to Barrero. He was flying through. It seemed like Barrero kind of ran out of gas. They, you know, they, they took out a midfielder for, for Josie, and they just had a tough time getting the ball to the final third. And I think when you take out an additional midfielder, too, you're putting more of a burden on Carlos Heel. It seemed like Carlos Heel was getting swarmed a little bit more, and it didn't free him up, uh, you know, it didn't free him up uh, as he was in the first half. I mean, in the first half on the goal, he's wide open. He has all that space on the right side. Um, you know, in the second half, I don't think he saw any space at all. So um, I think the Josie substitution, <clears throat> I'm guessing that is managing minutes and trying to build him up to 90 minutes. Um, I'm guessing just on how Bruce Arena operates, that was a planned substitution, regardless of how the, the game went. I wonder if they're up one nothing if they make that change um, or if they just kind of keep it you know, how things are going and, and maybe they try to take three points and, and save Josie in case it's tied up later. But um, yeah, I, I thought there was a really disappointing, um, the second half got a lot slower and, and I, I think Captoom was actually a pretty huge asset tonight. So um, Chris, anything to add on that before we head on? Yeah. You know what? You said the word disappointed and I'm disappointed, Greg, I'm disappointed in you because I was coming on expecting to be positive about Altador and have you be negative and take me down a peg and we could have some discourse, but we can't have that tonight. Cause I was really high on Josie Altador too. I thought that he played very well. I still think he needs to be more involved in the box. I still think there's a lot more that he needs to provide, but this was a lot better uh, than what we have seen from him. But in regards to the Captoom uh, comment from Randy, I 100% agree with that. It was uh, it was night and day as far as the way that the team played. Uh, that one switch, it was just a, it became a tactical nightmare almost. I, and I agree, it probably was like a planned substitution. But uh, with the with the Polster injury, I, I think there they there should have been a plan B uh, at that at that point because uh, I mean I applaud Bruce trying to go or sticking with his guns and, and going and, and saying, I want to get the three points. Uh, and that's why you put on another, another attacker from a midfielder, but you don't do that at that time. That's, that's not when you want to do it. And if you're building minutes, that's fine, but we're in the middle of three games in seven days. Um, there's, there's minutes to be had in that time. So I, I, I disagree with the time that Bruce decided to make that sub. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I thought, I thought Josie was okay, but it, 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 it killed the game plan, or at least the, the flow of the game. Randy, anything to add before we uh, head off to our next key takeaway? Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. That I actually thought Josie had a, a decent game. I didn't really mean to take away anything from his game in terms of what he brought. I thought his hold-up play was fine. I was a little disappointed in his, uh, his ability to do anything in the box. But, you know, if he's going to be just a, a hold-up sort of striker for us and deliver the ball up to, you know, the players who can actually still run, that's, that's fine with me. But it seems like if, if Bruce is going to bring him on, he has to – pair him up with someone else who's going to replace the speed that he's taken off the field, you know, bring on, bring on Josie with Tristesen or with Boateng or someone who actually, you know, brings something to the middle of the field because Josie at this point, I mean, I think he's still working towards fitness, but right now he's, he's a tree and I think it'll take a lot to, to get him to a point where he's, uh, he brings anything in terms of speed to the field. I, I agree a hundred percent. All good agreement all the way around. Although I already am getting a comment here from uh, John on Twitter telling me that I'm coming in soft. I'm sorry, John. What can I say? Uh, you, you know, 
we we've been hounding Josie all week. I, I actually got someone someone DM me the other day and said Josie's never coming on your podcast because you got Chris over here last weekend saying that he can uh, he can <laughs> he can run forty five minutes and Josie can't. So uh, you know we we got to give credit to Josie when we can. Uh, and uh, you know if if he turns it around, I think tonight's performance might turn around uh, and be a, a bit of a turning point for him. I, I think there was a lot of positive from Josie tonight. Uh, but with that said, uh, he definitely kind of killed the game in terms of the offensive momentum. So uh, I don't know who this is from the bent musket who is joined uh and i see some other people requesting we'll get to you next but uh whoever this is i'm, I'm a little scared to ask they want to speak uh whoever you are mystery man from the vent musket uh what's your key takeaway tonight it is sam for some reason my personal twitter account won't let me join this space uh i do want to say uh off the top uh chris that was me uh who told greg that josie is never coming in the pod i just want want to be up front but you got <laughs> You guys touched on um, Matt Polster and Bruce Arena after the match. He kind of just shook his head and uh, didn't, didn't really say anything. He just said he couldn't possibly tell you how Matt Polster's doing. Um, I was hoping to speak with him in the locker room, but his entire locker was cleared out by the time he got there. But also, too, I did want to ask about uh, John Bell got the start. Um, overall, how do you guys feel he performed? So I saw this was a question from you, Sam. Um, I, I'm going to keep this to a minimum because uh, I didn't think John Bell played well at all. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I thought he played pretty well last year. Um, he did have some bad games last year, but I thought overall it was a good young promising player that he's got to kind of work out the yips. Um, and, and he seems really different this year. There were some bad touches. There was one point in the first half around the 42nd minute where Jones passed the ball back to Bell and he just kind of had a really heavy touch and he knocked it out for a throw in. Um, and there was really no pressure. It was just a bad turnover. Uh, there was one play in the second half where the ball's kind of kicked at him. Uh, kind of bounces off his chest and he loses the ball. And uh, then he runs up and fouls whoever takes the ball from him. Um, he almost got a yellow, I think. I think the referee, was, you know, there's there some moments there. Uh, almost got called for that handball, uh, which I know VAR said no, uh, no handball on that. But that's still kind of nerve-wracking. Um, you know, wasn't completely bad. He had some nice clearances on some corners away. Um, but overall, uh, he doesn't look like the same player as last year, and that's a real shame. Uh, we are John Bell stands. We hope he turns it around. I'm hoping he's still just kind of lacking a little bit of game rhythm. Um, but, yeah, and, and there wasn't something, anything super egregious, so he's still ahead of uh, Omar Gonzalez in my, my depth chart right now. Um, I, I guess some people said that Omar Gonzalez looked like he was about to enter the game, and I have to imagine that was for John Bell, um, and, and that might kind of be an, an indication of uh, how he played tonight but uh, overall wasn't wasn't super thrilled with John Bell's performance uh, I think he's a better player than what we've seen uh, from him so far this season I think he's going to kind of snap out of it uh, but uh, you know I think Henry Kessler is expected to be back this weekend so I don't know if we'll see him anytime in the near future hopefully he kind of works his way back up to full fitness and, and uh, kind of gets back into the swing of things but uh, I was a little disappointed with him tonight I'm going to take the, uh, the a differing opinion on this. I thought that John Bell was actually a breath of fresh air back there. Uh, first of all, he was making uh, headed clearances, uh, which was fantastic to see because Omar, the one that's supposed to be doing it, hasn't been doing it. Uh, John Bell notched four headed clearances tonight, which is huge uh, for especially a team like Orlando that likes to whip the ball in. Uh you want to talk that he was poor with his feet. Uh, that's fine. We can go ahead and say that. he. I, I don't think he was very good with his feet tonight. But at the same time, he's a defender. I want him to defend first and be good at at, at passing second. Um, and I think that's right now where he is. Yeah, there is definitely some work that I think John Bell needs to, to do, some improvements that he needs to make. Uh, but overall, I thought that he, he performed pretty well tonight. Um, Pokemon passed him at a 6.7. 
uh, rating, which I think is a little bit low, but it's still a solid rating. Uh, going by their standards, it's better than Andrew Farrell's 6.6. Um, but uh, overall, I I don't have a whole lot of complaints about John Bell. I think uh, his positioning was a little bit off. So if you if you want to look at uh, at that side, I think maybe he was a bit too eager and kind of overplayed the ball a little bit. But overall, I think he had a he had a good game and he he was able to track back just like Andrew Farrell when uh, Andrew Farrell had a uh, a couple of bad plays, was able to track back and make up for for those errors and uh, that's all you can ask out of a center back I think everyone's going to make mistakes it's how do you, how do you respond when you do? John Bell wasn't Omar Gonzalez basically that's that was the, not Omar Gonzalez that's, that's basically the crux of that comment. But what's I will I will say that yeah I asked John about his performance and he, he did kind of say that he was sloppy and uh, you know pro- I think he graded it like a C so I think somewhere in the middle he falls in between uh, Greg and Chris's grade. Uh, I'd, gi- I'd give him I'd give him a C I'd give him a C C minus but uh, but uh, just just following up on John's comment from earlier in this podcast I'm not the one getting soft here that's all Chris so uh, James uh, James has been waiting a while uh, I, I know he's got a key takeaway James can you hear me? He might have stepped away. Oh, James, you're there. What's your key takeaway tonight? I can I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you guys are being harsh on Josie Altidore. He had potentially the the biggest save of the game with that <laughs> blocked header. I don't, I don't. I think Bo tried to put that header on net, and Josie lack of situational awareness. You know what is he the fifth highest paid player in the league based on the information we have he stood in there and he blocked that shot um so i was i was curious to get chris's opinion uh just quickly on the the goal that petrovich did allow i think petrovich petrovich looks like a a very good keeper i think barrero looks like a very good replacement for dewan i hope that the revolution continue to milk the young DP U22 initiative type rules because it seems like they're really hitting some home runs there. Um, I will say I, I'm seeing on the on the hashtag overall, I'm seeing a lot of concern and a lot of complaints about how the Red Revs are selling players. But I think people need to, they need to step back and look at the whole picture of MLS. Across the league, there is a push to become a selling league and to develop talent and move players abroad. This isn't unique to the revolution. This is something that the, the, the league is trying to uh, trying to facilitate across the board and trying to incentivize teams to do. So it's not, it's not just us, guys. Um, but yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts on Petrovic and that uh, letting up that goal? And also, I don't want to derail the, the key takeaways or the thoughts on the game tonight, but I am very curious to get your thoughts on the Apple TV deal, essentially burying the league mm-hmm. behind two paywalls, it sounds like, um, and also potentially not having a like a native local broadcast team, which I guess could result in uh, more sideline reporters. pronouncing mm-hmm. Books' name, um, but that's all for me. Thank you, guys. James bringing the heat. Uh, let me, Chris, before you get to Petrovic and um, Barrero, um, I, I actually was listening to uh, a good podcast, Tyson Tate, uh, for any basketball fans out there. And they actually mentioned uh, MLS and uh, Apple TV. And they kind of made a joke like, I guess they figured no one's really watching. So they said, let's just throw this thing on Apple TV. Uh, and then uh, I think uh, uh, Tate was like, yeah, Katie Nolan can do commentary for that too. Uh, and it made me think, if I am watching a Revolution game and we could have had Brad Feldman uh, and instead we get Katie Nolan, 
Uh, I'm going to throw my remote at the TV. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out the 98.5 stream to, to if, if Feldman is doing that commentary. Um, you know, I, I, I understand kind of the, uh, you know, money talks, and, and this is certainly a better TV deal revenue-wise for the, for the league. Um, but, you know, I, I think if their goal was to get casual fans uh, and to maybe kind of grow the tent, I'm not sure how this do does this. It seems like they're kind of conceding they're a niche product. And, um, you know, they're hoping that the fans that already go to games, the season ticket members, um, uh, I guess if you're a season ticket member, you get Apple TV for free. But uh, for MLS fans like me who, who don't go to games and aren't season ticket members, um, we, we'll, we'll pay it anyway. Uh, so I, I don't particularly like it. Um, I don't know the whole ins and outs of it, but uh, it seems like uh, I, I don't think this is good for the league. And I, I think the no regional TV crews are disappointing. I don't understand why you can't still have a certain TV crew do call home games. Um, it sounds like they're going to have a certain number of TV crews nationwide uh, do the games throughout, similar to how the NFL works it. Um, where they have, you know, X number of crews and they do a certain number of games. Um, that's my understanding from what I read today. So uh, overall, not a big fan of the Apple TV deal, uh, but uh, I won't knock it till I try it. The, the, the send around show sounds cool. Uh, the Wednesdays and Saturday games, always those nights sound cool. Um, outside of that, I don't have a ton of positives to say. It sounds like a bit of a downgrade. So, uh, Chris, I don't yeah. know if you have anything to say about that or if you want to uh, kick it over to two, um, uh, the evaluations of Barrero and uh, Petrovic. Uh, well, real quick, it's uh, I guess the one positive is the Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturdays. It's a nice way to schedule the podcast so that we have a bit more consistent schedule. So for us, I think there's there's a bit of an upside there. But overall, yeah, it's uh, putting it behind the Apple TV paywall. Um, I, I, I'm not an Apple user myself. I actually don't like the company for a lot of the way that they do a lot of their manufacturing. Um for several different reasons I'm not going to get into on the podcast, but uh, so I'm kind of disappointed to see them going with that organization uh, specifically, but I know there's a lot of Apple users out there, so I don't mean to offend, but uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, it was a little disheartening. I really wish that we would still have some sort of local broadcast. I don't live in the local market for the broadcasting, uh, but I still think that that needs to be there. That something that you kind of need to, to help grow um, the game a bit. So the, it, it's limiting the availability of of MLS, and I think it might hurt the league uh, in the long run. But I guess time will tell, and hopefully I'm proven wrong. Uh, uh, but also, the, the, the no blackouts, sorry, I just want to jump in. We didn't also didn't mention there's no blackouts anymore. So people yeah. in Maine, people in Vermont, Western Mass, like they, they don't get the revs right now, and that's a huge, huge, huge hindrance uh, on specifically the revolution. So that's going to be a positive for us locally. Um, so I'll, I'll give that, but, you know, I, I think about baseball, baseball's presence on ESPN has gotten less and less and less over the years. You can't tell me that baseball is growing. Um, you know, I, I just kind of think it might have a similar effect where, you know, baseball has MLB TV right now and I can go watch any game I want, but, you know, I, I think getting on a national TV network that everyone has and everyone just kind of throws on, um, I think that has the potential to bring in casual fans. Um, and I don't think it necessarily grows your niche fans. So anyway, that's my rant. Yep. Sorry. Go, go back to your next topic, Chris. No, no. It's, it, I think we, uh, we needed to talk about it real quick, but getting back into the game and the Georgie Petrovich question. Um, glad you brought it up. Uh, that one goal that he allowed, I, I think he definitely could have done better. Uh, I will absolutely say no 
opposing player should be able to take such an open shot from that sort of position. I understand it was kind of a a, a weird situation where off of a off a corner kick and the ball kind of bounced around a bit and it just kind of popped out right there. Um, I, I still would like to see uh, was that Brandon Bias side right over there. I, I, I let's see Brandon Bai or someone else, one of the maybe Andrew Farrell still closing down that that post and just being there not everyone chasing the ball when it pops out towards the top of the box i think, but it, was, as far, I think it was legit and bow because it was a corner kick and i think everyone was kind of scrambled around polster kind of came out and there was a bit of a scramble to that post um so I, I don't know again it's kind of a fluky play where probably shouldn't go in but anyway continue chris yeah no thank you for that clarification though because that's important as well it, it, i'm not thinking of the uh they positioning, I guess, on the corner kick. But Petrovic, I think, should have done better on that. Uh, at the same time, I think he's a young keeper. He's going to grow. He's going to learn. Uh, he was not expecting that to go low. He was expecting that to come in high and tight to the post. Uh, you could just see it on his face, the way that he was reading uh, reading it to come in. And, uh, I mean, you don't expect Robin Jansen to make that that shot either. Like, that was uh, that was a striker's finish um, that, that you get from a center back. So that's just... Definitely unexpected. It was just a lot of series of unfortunate and unexpected events that just kind of led to that. And uh, I think Petrovic is going to learn from it. But overall, he had a fantastic game. He made some huge saves. Uh, the revolution would not be ending tonight with uh, with one point if it wasn't for Georgi Petrovic. So um, kudos to him for a fantastic game. Uh, he'll get over that one that he let in, and he'll learn from it. Um, and that, that's kind of my takeaway. I don't know if you had anything to add on that, Craig. No, I, I think Barrero has some room to grow, but, uh, you know, I'd like Petrovich, to get some performances from him. No, Barrero. I, I think Barrero, uh, you know, he had 60 minutes tonight, and I think the second half he kind of ran out of gas a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see him grow a little bit more, but you can see some flashes uh, where he is has some amazing vision. I think that I thought that cross to Bo in the first half, um, that was a beautiful play, and Bo unfortunately just could not get to it. I think it actually was credit, Bo was credited with a shot on that, but, um, Barrero, 22 for 26 passes. He had two chances created, 39 touches in about 60 minutes, three for three on dribbles. I think the role he played um, today where he's playing the left wing. I know he went to the right wing at one point. Uh, they said on the broadcast he went to the right uh, to start the second half. Um, I, I think playing the left wing and playing 60 to 65 minutes is a very good role for Barrero. He's growing. Uh, and, and then you put on Ima Botang, who is a great player for 25, 30 minutes. We saw that uh, Saturday we saw or Sunday. We saw that tonight. Uh, I, I thought he had some great moments tonight. Um, I think that's a pretty dynamic left combo that when you have Dewan Jones also sprinting up there, um, you've got speed for 90 minutes. So uh, I'm really excited about um, all that. And then Petrovic, I know he, he, gave, he probably could have done better on that one shot, but um, we saw more good than bad from him tonight. Um, first half, uh, there was a blast from, uh, I forget who it was, but a blast from the center of the box. He pushed it wide. Um, he had that amazing one-handed save in the 80th minute. He had a couple saves where he had to dive down to his left. Um, great anticipation. Seems like a very steady keeper. Um, and, you know, I, I know the, they, they mentioned on the broadcast his communication with his teammates. They're getting better in terms of uh, set pieces and corner kicks. Um, I think one thing that we're not talking about in terms of losing Adam Books is that he, he did go back and kind of defend some corner kicks. And in the first half, we had some corner kicks where it took us a couple of times to kick the ball out. Um, so I, I wonder if we're going to have some frustrating set-piece defending uh, troubles again. I know that was a theme a few years ago. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that, that's a very small sample size. Maybe it's nothing. Uh, so uh, and, and maybe the communication will, will be an issue too. But overall, you can see the skill. It's very exciting. So Sunday afternoon fullbacks has been waiting a long, 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 long time to get in on this one. Sunday afternoon fullbacks, you still with us? 
long, long time. How are we doing, boys? We eating good in the neighborhood? We are <laughs> eating good in the neighborhood. It came up to me, actually. My wife asked me if we have to go eat at Applebee's for my birthday again last uh, this year. It's coming up in a few weeks, and I haven't eaten at Applebee's since then. But she knows that uh, I, I'm famous for being an Applebee's patron uh, because of my birthday lunch last year. So I might have to go back. So I'll let you know how it is. I can't wait. That's going to be my favorite episode of Revolution Recap. Like, that's just <laughs> the yearly, like, Applebee's. Uh, it's just so good. I might have to um, maybe, wait, hear me out. Recording a Twitter Spaces episode from Applebee's. Not even talking about the reps. Just, just you'll hear me eating my food at Applebee's while I'm on Twitter Spaces. You know, we floated I, this idea with Waffle House, and it didn't happen. But uh, I think we can make Applebee's happen. Well, no, that's just that's just disgusting, like Waffle House. But there's an Applebee's a mile and a half from where I live, and and I would go to that to participate in a live revolution, non-revs related Applebee's like Twitter space. I would do that. We need one revolution fan at every Applebee's in New England. No, he's saying he's saying we all get together at an Applebee's, take the corner, take the big booth, the corner table, you know, the long <laughs> table. Get that All one. seven of us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's um, what's your actual to... rev stake? I know you don't want to talk, talk Applebee's today. I, I mean, I would love to talk Applebee's for the next two hours. Um, <laughs> the first one, Ben Revenue. So I've been beating this drum since April, and I searched the hashtag in Revenue, and I'm pretty sure I'm the first one to be like, oh, I like this guy. I think he's good. So I'm going to keep banging this drum because if it comes true, I was the first. But it makes no sense to me that the Revs 2 play on Saturday night and he's not with the Revs 2. And then Sunday, the Revs play and he's not in that team. And then Wednesday, the Revs play and he's not in this team. Unless he's injured and I'm missing an injury, but I haven't seen anything about that. So so that makes no sense to me. He gets signed to the Revs, but he's not making the team. Like, why not just leave him with the Revs 2 where he can get minutes? That's my first one. Um, I don't know if you want me to go on my second thing or do you want to talk about that? I think you nailed it. I don't have anything to add. I don't know where he is. Free Ben Ravino. Uh, that's my my take, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I don't have anything to add. Well said. Uh, what's take two? Um, I'm, I'm probably hyper-focusing on like a small comment I heard on Josie. Um, and this is also probably from like 40 minutes ago now, and I've had uh, one, two, three beers since then. Um, but... Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not even going to get this right. But there was something along the lines of like, oh, Josie was better tonight. And uh, yeah, Josie was OK tonight. This is a good Josie night. And his hold up play was decent. Like, I, I liked his hold up play. But this isn't what you brought Josie in for with the money that he's getting paid. Like, he he can't be this. We can't look at this and be like, this is a good night for Josie. It, it's a good night in comparison to what he's done for the first four months of the season. But that's such a low bar for for we just let Adam books a go um, and, and Josie's getting, he, he's getting two and a half million dollars per year or something like that. Whatever the salary is, I don't know how much the revs are paying, but he's getting the money either way. This can't be a good night for him. I don't care compared to whatever he's done. He had a couple of good moments and that's nice, but it's not a good night for him. He has to be way better than what he was tonight. So his salary is over $4 million. 
And, My uh, lord. <laughs> and and that is yes, you're correct. He he did not perform tonight to what he needs to be doing. I think the positive feedback that we're seeing tonight is just a lot of encouragement. Like, hey, maybe there's actually something there. Maybe he can actually get it going. You know, he's technically not fit yet. Um, Bruce said July. We're still we still got a couple of weeks, so maybe we give it that. As long as I see some sort of improvement week over week from Josie, then maybe uh, I'll, have, I'll I'll pull back as far or a hold back from from well, really harping on. Well, I'll say I'll say if we don't see improvement from this, I, and, I, and and I I agree with most of what was said here. Yeah. If we don't see improvement from this, then this is a terrible signing. Hundred um, you know, percent. And 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 you know again the disclaimer we don't know how much uh, TFC is paying for, TFC is paying for. Um, you know we don't know how much of that salary. You know, but if he's making five hundred million or, or not five hundred million five hundred thousand from the, <laughs> the rest, I like hope not five hundred million. million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he's making five hundred thousand from the Revs, uh, that's still bad. Uh, yeah. You know, Teal Bunbury was on a contract of what three fifty four hundred thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to, and I, I don't mean to. You know, I know there's dividing opinions about uh, Teal Bunbury. Some people think he's useless. Some people think he's one of the greatest strikers in Revolution history. But for me, you know, Teal Bunbury did a lot of good things in terms of pressing. Uh, you know, he still was able to score some goals here and there. Josie, again, hold-up play was nice tonight. I think he's linking up with teammates pretty well. He's still slow getting in the box, still not kind of winning those balls that are being crossed in. Um, he's not Adam Buxa. Uh, I don't know if you were going to see him be Adam Buxa, um, but hopefully he can come in and replicate a fraction of what Adam Buxa did. I don't think we're going to see Josie be an elite striker in MLS anymore, but if he can come in, if he can score five goals, and you know, you know, score in some clutch times and be a bit of a menace in the box and win balls in the box and um, you know help the team counter, which I think is going to be pretty key to this season. I think you know countering the ball and going down the side is, is really important. Like for example, I'll give you a good a good Josie play. Um, uh, Dewan Jones, it was that play late in the game. I don't know what minute, seventy sixth ish minute. He wins the ball in midfield. It, it was a one on one battle. He has like a sliding kind of tackle wins the ball, passes it to Josie. Josie does kind of like a back heel one-two touch with Jones. And then Joe's runs straight at Schlegel, uh, kind of kicks the ball around him, draws that yellow card. Um, you know, Josie helped that play happen. He, he kind of helped uh, set Jones in motion going towards goal and kind of setting it. You know, so there, there are plays like that that I saw tonight where he kind of is holding up the ball, not losing the ball when an attackers are, or defenders are around him. Um, you know, that's positive. But no, yeah, he's no, not, sure. That's not, that's not half a million worth of production. That's what you're saying. No, I agree. 100%. There, there, there's been a few moments like that throughout this season where, it's, and, and it's all like very similar plays. Like he, mostly, it's happening with him on the wing, which is really interesting because that's not the type of player he's been, and like that's not really a winger. But like he's out on a wing somewhere, either on the right or the left, and he gets the ball with his back, like he he's close to the midfield line back to goal and he holds up and he finds someone and that's happened six or seven times this season but he's he's doing nothing beyond that and it's just like like we can't be celebrating that he had two or three of those moments tonight like it, it's not enough it's better than what he's been but it's not enough yeah well, no, you, that's, you that's want to dig true. into that right so i'll give you a player that can make that back heel uh pass Nine times out of ten, that's Diego Fagundes, right? Oh, okay. And Diego Fagundes is not Stop. a four million dollar player. I should mute, I should mute you. That's yeah, that's not. Stop! Good. Stop! I'm just saying. 
that's the sort of thing that you get out of Diego Fernandez or that sort of player, right? Um, I thought we would probably do that sort of thing. Josie Altador is more of a one-dimensional striker who's trying to do more than his one-dimensional striker abilities right now. I We're thought we agree we would never speak about Diego Fernandez again. Come on. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Those are my two things. Thanks. Uh, I think they were both uh, right on the money. And I, I, you know, we're getting soft, so we got to praise Josie when we can. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I see this as a building momentum towards maybe he's getting better and maybe there's something here. But, you know, until that happens, I think we can kind of write this up as one of Bruce's guys. And I don't know if. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we're, it, it's a wait and see game, and it's really nerve wracking because Brooks is going to be really, really hard to replace. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I will say too, if this is if, if we're getting to the point where we're going to sub off a player who's doing well, like Captoom for Josie out the door, so he can build up his fitness, and he never comes to fruition, we're going to look back on games like tonight and say, you know, maybe we would have taken all three points if we kind of just kept things as they were. So, uh, I think I missed someone here. Sam, did you have a comment? You joined us again. Uh, you have a comment here. Uh, I did just want to join for my personal account, but just on Josie, you know, he said that, you know, he's feeling good and he wants more minutes. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he is kind of used because he seems to be, you know, fitness wise relatively well. So it's kind of getting to the point where, you know, like everyone's mentioned, we kind of want to see what he's really capable of. And obviously tonight, I think, was a good first step, but you still want to see, you know, a lot more from him. Mm hmm. Agreed 100%. And before we move on, I do want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. Do you need Arsenal merch? Do you need Club Rouge merch? Do you need RC Lens merch? Uh, go check out Galasso Kits because they will have something just for you as you join those bandwagons. Or if you want some United States men's national team merch ahead of the World Cup later this year, please go ahead. They got tons of stuff there they have some revolution merch anything you want they have it so go check out galassokits.com right now for their full selection and make sure you follow them at galassokits on twitter and galassokits on instagram for updates on their new inventory every single week they post their new inventory every single week and when you find something you like please use promo cap promo code revs recap to save 15 percent off your order that is promo code revs recap at galassokits.com for 15 percent off your order links and code are in the show notes one bad thing about live shows, when I stumble over the ad read, I can't go back and redo it or, or cut out all my, my stumbles. So sorry, guys. That's actually how I read it in real time. Dolan, Dolan is here. Uh, how are you doing, it, Alex? Uh, what are your thoughts? Greg, no one wants Arsenal merch. No one wants <laughs> fifth place team's merch. Come on. Uh, you know what? That's why they have so much of it. So please go to Galasso Kits. Use promo code REVSRECAP, 15% off. Think of it as cherry. <laughs> Oh, Corey's here. He's an Arsenal fan. He's going to, oh boy, I'm, I'm in trouble for that one. No, I think no. we might have lost our partnership with the Rebellion with that comment. Oh, no. <laughs> Dolan, you got a comment on tonight's game? I mean, it was extremely boring from my point of view, from, from down on the field. I think I took, what, one-fourth of what I normally take for photos, so that was, now, that was brutal. You mentioned in the chat, uh, Brandon By looked a little shaken up at the end. He uh, did. Look, did you? Um, are, are we concerned about Brandon By right now? He didn't look great. Um, he he walked off, but it took a couple of minutes after the whistle. He I, everyone swarmed the with the refs and started complaining, and he was down with trainers. Uh, he got up under his own power, but it did not. He he looked a little beaten up, to be honest with you. 
So in terms of are we hitting the panic button, uh, I might be hitting the panic button on there. Although we did mention about freeing Ben Ravino uh, earlier this podcast, so we might be killing two birds with one stone on that one. Are we worried about uh, about Brennan Bay's uh, transfer fee then? <laughs> All these rumors now floating around with Brennan Bay, Dewan Jones, everyone's being sold. For for those who don't live online, there was a rumor that Brennan Bay might be going to Fulham. I think uh, Sean actually talked about this a little bit last week, so I won't repeat what he said. But yeah, I have my my skepticism on that one a little bit. But uh, yeah, oh, I, I, Brennan Bay I think is a pretty valuable piece, and he's having a really great season. So it'd be disappointing if he loses. So uh, Sam, anything to add on Brandon Bay before we head on uh, to the, the next comment? I'm not to add on Brandon Bay, but I know Dolan did ask a question on Twitter about possibly meeting up depending on yeah. the World Cup draw for a <laughs> Waffle House. Just wanted to bring that up and know if I'm invited. Well, 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 let's let's. Uh, you're, you're invited if you pay, but I'm bringing up the World Cup at the end here. We're going to end on a, a potentially angry note, so I'll go to the World Cup at the end. I want to go to Corey Clute here. Corey, uh, President of the Rebellion, thank you for joining the show. What's on your mind tonight? Nah, thank thanks for having me. And uh, I got a couple things on my mind. First of all, <laughs> Alex talking trash about some Arsenal. I can't uh, hear I, you I, from down the table there, bud. <laughs> wow. Wow. The table's over, man. The table's over. It's new season. Um, um, but that's my first comment. Second comment is I, I actually went to autograph Alley tonight. And uh, I will say uh, Brandon did look like he was walking fine um, down the alley there. Obviously, that doesn't say much about uh, fitness in regards to, to being able to start and play. Uh, but he didn't have crutches. He didn't have a boot on. I didn't even see anything in regards of wrapped around his ankle or leg or anything along those lines. So uh, I was throwing that out there that uh, that it was it didn't seem as serious while he was uh, leaving the stadium is all. All right. Good to know. We're, everything. We're, we're, we're easing off the panic button. We're moving off. Uh, sail to Fulham. Back on for Brandon Bay potentially. Uh, but uh, no. Good to hear. Hopefully, Brandon Bay is good. Hopefully, Matt, we, we talked about Polster earlier. Hopefully, Polster is okay as well. Hopefully, the Revs are coming out of this game uh, healthier uh, than it appeared like. So, uh, we also have Caleb joining here today. Caleb, can you hear us? Can you hear me? That is the bigger question. Yes, I can hear you. What's on your mind? Perfect. Uh, kind of just bouncing on uh, Corey's point at the end there. Uh, I actually did talk to Brandon after the game and. Uh, I asked him if his leg was as serious as it seemed or it looked, and he said, should be good, just a slight knock. Uh, I don't think there's any damage, but um, good, good we, we, we can hope for the best on that. But, um, yeah, it was kind of uh, an intriguing game, to say the least. Josie 100% blocked a Gustavo Bo wide-open goal. Um, but... One point, one point against Orlando is better than nothing. It's the second time I've seen them draw this year. So, it's it's a. Uh, I said it at the beginning. It seems like a bit of a theme where when the Revs kind of outplay the, their opponent, uh, or it seems like a game where they last year they would have taken all three points. They just can't put it together and get that final goal. Um, and, and unbeaten in eight games, uh, but uh, it seems a lot like kissing your sister. Uh, sister uh, doesn't seem like a, a very prideful moment here um, in terms of, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like an unbeaten run. Uh, they're still kind of struggling down uh, on the, the cusp of the playoffs. So, But with that said, great to hear about Brandon By. Great to hear he's doing well. Not to uh, continue the conversation, but I don't know if um, if you guys already spoke about this, and then definitely let me know, but what was your thoughts about Bell tonight and, and how he, he played coming back, starting, uh, filling in the spot for Omar there? I, I feel like 
he had a great game in regards to compared to Omar and how Omar's been playing. I feel like I, I prefer Bell over him. But I just didn't know if we already spoke about that or not. If you uh, if you listen back to the podcast tomorrow when it comes out, you'll hear our full thoughts. But uh, basically, Chris and I were split on John Bell. Uh, I wasn't too impressed tonight. Uh, Chris thought he played fine. Um, we more or less said exactly what you just said right there. Uh, so, so you uh, you prefer Omar over Bell is what you're saying? I oh nope that nope, good trap. No, uh, I just thought uh, I think John Bell <laughs> I did very much that's it. But uh, I, uh, I I think. Uh, more or less, I said that John Bell played a lot better last year, and I hope he kind of regains that form. Uh, something seems to be a little bit off this year with him. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, Omar seems like a liability, and I'm not sure if it's a mental thing or what's going on with Omar. But um, hopefully Henry – I also said hopefully Henry is back for Saturday, and so we, we don't need to have this discussion much. But Caleb, what's going on? Uh, kind of getting to that point, I did ask Henry um, if he was uh, good to go for Saturday. And his response was, uh, we'll see. But it was not a enthusiastic, we'll see. It's a, uh, we'll see. Do you, so, uh, I, I don't want to pry for confidential information, but do you know exactly what the injury is? It is a leg injury. That is what <laughs> I had. No, like, honestly, like, when I, when I asked him, I was like, what, what, like, what really is wrong with you? He literally just goes, it's literally just a basic like leg injury. It's literally it's not like anything specific. It's like it's like a leg bone bruise. Like it's it's like that, but I don't know if it's that, but it's, the way he said it was it's literally just like the most basic leg injury ever. Mm-hmm. But, it's, uh, it's like in hockey when they're listed out with a lower body injury but just for the leg, you know. What yeah, I mean? which which portion of your lower body are we talking? Um but um, so with, again, not confirming nor denying any confidential information, uh, the way he sounded when I asked if he was going to play, uh, it did not sound like he was going to play this weekend. So Interesting. Well, maybe John Bell will get another chance uh, and he'll have a chance to uh, win me over. Uh, and Chris can tell me I'm completely wrong about John Bell and losing my faith in him. But, uh, no, I, I think he's a good player. He's just – uh, there are a couple of bad touches tonight, and hopefully he kind of bounces back. And, and it sounds like he might get another chance this Saturday. So, um, let's get to yeah. we do some listener questions here. I want to just kind of run through them quickly. We're coming up on about an hour, uh, so I want to make sure we get to these tonight. Uh, Traeger had a comment: not a good enough result against a team that is mid-tier in nearly every statistical category, uh, which is, is true. I think for a mid uh, a midweek game uh, at home. You'd like to see us take all three points. If you're going to be an elite team, uh, this seems to be a game that you need to win. Uh, Brandon also had a question, uh, a comment, or question, I should say. Do you think the Revs are a playoff team after all of the sales? Um, I think they are. Uh, with the team they put up there tonight, there's no Tejon, there's no Buxa, uh, there, there's no Matt Turner. Um, I thought they played pretty well. I, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for this team to grow. Is Josie going to come back to full fitness? Uh, is Barrero going to continue to grow? Um, is Petrovic going to be that good every single night? Um, and then, of course, we have Henry Kessler coming back eventually uh, from his leg injury. So um, I, I still think this team definitely is making the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they missed the playoffs. Um, but are they a top of the team East? Are they as good as New York City FC? Um, I'm, I'm not so sure about. But this team, you know, I think I saw some people really confused that the Revs are still, you know, they still have 18-1 to 1 odds, and I think they're 6th or 7th in the league in terms of MLS Cup odds. You know, they still have the reigning MVP. They still have some very good pieces. Gustavo Bo seems to be getting better with every single game. So, you know, if they go out and they get a designated player, they just got to be hot in October. So I'm not giving up on the season just yet. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think this team is definitely primed to make a run in the playoffs. 
we've also been hearing, uh, you know, the rumor mill churning. Uh, Taylor Twelman, of course, has been talking and talking, saying that there's definitely some sort of sign that's coming. Um, uh, obviously, Bruce Arena has conflict has, you know, shot down some of those reports from Taylor Twelman, but. Uh, I would like to think there's definitely going to be some additions coming in the summer window. Uh, and on top of that, what we've seen on the pitch tonight, uh, you know, over the weekend uh, and two weeks prior to that, uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to for this team. And I think they're going to be a very competitive team and they showed it tonight. They're grinding it out. Um, definitely need to find a way to finish better. I think um, they're creating a lot of chances. They need to finish better. And on the topic of chances too, I, I wanted to briefly touch on the the corners. Uh, the Revs have been dominating as far as winning corner kicks. Uh, it feels like all season. I don't have the whole stats in front of me right now. But there, there was one game where they had over 20 corner kicks. That might have been the Open Cup game, actually. But uh, tonight they had 10 corner kicks. Uh, there was a night... A few few games ago, I think it was, there was uh, 16 corner kicks. It, I'm not seeing any corners, uh, any any set pieces like that actually working. Um, so maybe that's something that we need to focus on a bit more. Like the, the offensive set piece production, mm-hmm. I think, has really been lacking. Uh, and if that's something that they can get going, you know, set piece goals can be a huge piece um, as far as how – your team is doing, you know, as, as far as gaining, uh, getting points, moving up the table. Mm. Um, and that's something that's just been lacking. Hasn't been there right now for the revolution. So hopefully they can get, get something like that. Uh, it, just improve on that. You know, mm. Brandon by came close a couple of times tonight. I will say I got to give him he did. Brandon by is very good in the air. And I think he's, we're going to see him get some more set piece chances um, as without Adam Buxa there anymore as well. I think Henry Kessler too, is another guy that you see get some near misses on corners um, every now and then. So, uh, and, and you know, again, I don't I don't want to get uh, too optimistic on Josie, but if Josie ever regains his full form, you know, he, he's going to be a menace in there too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's an area that they're going to really miss Adam Buxa throughout the remainder of the season. But um, we'll, we'll get there. A lot of people are, are mentioning too that the Revs are going to have to change up their strategy from crosses. David Spillian says these crosses to the box are prayers for a penalty rather than actual strategy. Thoughts? Um, and I, I got to say, I, I kind of agree. I think they got to be a lot less reliant on corners, uh, but I think that's going to be balanced out with how well Barrero is able to carry the ball up and, and kind of outrun some guys um, and, and kind of just dribble the ball into the box as opposed to sending it down for Brandon, uh, sending it down for Dewan, uh, and kind of hoping someone's there, especially if Josie's, um, you know, holding up and not getting into the box in time. Um, you know, that, that, you know, I think his runs are just not very sharp and not very good right now. So, um, again, work in progress on that one. But, um, yeah, right now, I, I think we're not going to see a team that's going to rely on crosses as much as they have in the past. Yep. I, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Really interesting too, because I think the revolution have looked much more, uh, much more deadly when, when they're cutting the ball back from the byline instead of crossing it in. Um, and you know, maybe that's a, that's a style that, they're going to be looking to play more, especially with the addition of Barrero. I think he plays more of a direct on the ground type of football. And uh, that's maybe the way the revolution are, are headed. I think that suits them very well. So, uh, Mike Kennedy asked us, was removing Captoom from midfield as stupid as it seemed? Uh, we kind of talked about that sub already. We kind of agreed we didn't really like that call, but I think a lot of Josie's minutes kind of went into that substitution uh, as well. Uh, we did get a comment here from Ryan saying he felt like he was watching an entirely different team in the first half, focused and driven. Uh, Ryan also said Polster was looking fantastic before injury. Agree with both of those comments from Ryan. 
uh, seemed like they were a lot more dangerous in the first half. Then at the end of the game, they kind of picked it up a little bit too, but uh, there was a little bit of a doldrums there in the second half. Uh, Teal Forever said at halftime, digging Bo is the lone striker. Let's spend money on a center back. I think everyone agrees about the center back comment, depending on Henry Kessler's health. I feel like a Kessler-Farrell combo, uh, you know, they wrote it out last year. It seemed to work well down the stretch. I still think they need to bring in a reliable I think, Chris, you made the comment, a Jaleel Anibaba-type center back who can kind of fill in, get you a, a, a reliable start here or there. Um, you don't need to spend big money on that. I'm not saying spend a designated player on that, but uh, agree with that there. And I think Gustavo Bo as the lone striker worked out as well. Um, I think I had some doubts about him replacing Books as the lone guy up top, but uh, he played really well. Um, you know, I think we're going to see more Gustavo Bo shots overall. I, I think he seems pretty confident uh, taking shots from downtown um, I think maybe with Buxa there, he wasn't getting as many looks, but uh, there was a shot in the first half I think we got to bring up. Uh, Gustavo Bo, from about 20, 25 yards out, had a you know, deep shot that just went over the uh, top far corner uh, of the net. That that would have been arguably the best goal of the night. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, of course, Gustavo Bo had an amazing job holding up that ball in the first play as well. So uh, Bo played really, really well tonight as the lone striker. Seemed to kind of cool off a little bit in the second half, but um, it's good to see him regain his form as well. Chris, anything to add on that before we move on? Yeah, no, I mean, that first strike that you were talking about was uh, was really good. I mean, I thought that was I thought that was destined for the back of the net, much better than his second half shot down the uh, down the walkway there, but. And if anyone, by the way, wants to jump it back in, uh, go ahead and raise your hand or, or hop in. Uh, this is not just me and Chris, but uh, we're just going to kind of run through these other comments. So if anyone has anything to add, please hop on. Um, we did get another comment here. Carla Jones says, uh, what do you think about the announcer's remark that Carla's heels 50-50 balls to Joan was intentional to gain a free kick? I missed this in real time. I went back um, and... Uh, I think Feldman asked the question to Davies, and Davies didn't say anything, but I think he shook his head no, and Feldman kind of said no, oh, okay. Um, basically, Carlos Hill kind of left the ball way too far out in front for Dewan Jones, and there's a bit of a collision. Jones draws the foul, uh, but I don't I don't think it was intentional, um, and I, I think Feldman might be just used to Carlos Hill magic where he can kind of, uh, he has that vision to do kind of anything he wants, but uh, I think he, he was just kind of overestimating how quick uh, Dewan could get to that ball. So uh, Caleb's hopping back in here. Caleb. Uh, do you have anything to add on uh, on anything we've talked about here? Uh, sorry, I got disconnected because I went through a bad area. But um, I kind of wanted to ask on um, what you guys thought of Wilfred Captoon tonight. Because, mm. like, I know it's an ongoing joke, but, like, he kind of proved that he, like, played with Messi. Because, like, he did – that guy did play with Messi once, and he it kind of proved it today because he did pass the ball like he was at La Masia again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go through it again. We, we, I thought he played great, um, and, and I kind of questioned the, pulling him off. I think this might have been arguably his best performance with the Revs so far. 100% uh, passing, 16 for 16, 22 touches in 45 minutes. Um, he, won, he recovered five balls in the midfield, so he was winning balls there. Um, he seemed to gel a lot more. It kind of seems a little bit weird for someone who doesn't gel at all in year one to kind of get it together in year two. Um, but I, I think we're going to see more of Captoom here. Uh, we haven't seen Maciel for a little bit. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Matt Polster here. But uh, And I, I think Tommy McNamara has kind of played himself into more of a utility rotation role for the time being. Um, but if, if Captoom can kind of come out and give you performances like this, um, that, that's really great. Maybe still not a great contract on the books, 
uh, but still a very, you know, if he's the starter and he turns out to kind of fill that role pretty well, um, you know, I, I think central midfield has been one of the major questions for this team so far. So hopefully we see more performances like that. 100%. And then uh, I have one other uh, question as well. Based on uh, MLS analysts today, they gave out their predictions for a 26-man World Cup roster, and a plethora of them left out Sebastian Legette due to his, quote, weak play both on the club and international level. I want to know what you guys think on that statement, and do you think he goes to Qatar? I don't think he goes to Qatar. Um, I don't... Maybe I'm overrating Legette because I, I don't think he's played poor this year. Um, and I think I'm as the season goes on, I feel like I'm one of, you know, that's a that's a more and more hot take as time goes on. I feel like fewer and fewer people are are saying Legette has been good for this team so far. I, I don't think he's been a liability. He's certainly had his moments uh, crossing the ball to Buxa. I remember that left-footed one. I believe it was against Atlanta. It was a beautiful play. Um, we kind of talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show where he's flexible. He kind of kind of fill out different roles, but he isn't very much of an explosive player. I think that might be um, what they're talking about. Legette really isn't a game-changer, it seems like, anymore. Um, he's, he's steady. He's reliable. Um, I, I think he's a fine player, but um, you know, he's not making the all-star team. Uh, he's not going to be a, a player that I think teams fear that much. So maybe that's the, and I guess if you're talking about going to Qatar, you need that level of player. So um, I think in the context of the, the Qatar article, I would say that that's probably what that is based on. But I don't expect to see Sebastian Legette uh, at Qatar. I'd, I'd like to see Dewan Jones get more consideration. I might be a bit of a homer for, for that take. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be Matt Turner. Um and unless we see some injuries, it seems like Kessler and Jones might be on the outside too. But uh, Matt Turner might be the only quote-unquote rev. I know he won't be a rev at the time, but uh, going to Qatar this year. And that's a little bit disappointing because it looked like we were going to get multiple selections. But uh, Chris, anything to add on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Sebastian Legette is that his role with the national team uh, beforehand was more as a, as a substitute, right? He'd be coming off in the last 20 minutes of the game. And I thought that with the national team overall, I thought he played very well. Uh, obviously with LA, he wasn't necessarily living up to that same standard. Uh, he's doing a different role with LA. And now uh, here in new England, again, he's not doing that same type of uh, super sub type type of push for a goal in the last few minutes type of role. Now he's starting the game and he's being subbed off in the 60th, 70th minute. Um, and I mean, what, what is he going to provide to the national team right now that they don't already have? I think that's going to be uh, his real downfall. I mean, I don't think he's going to necessarily provide a whole lot of value to the national team that they don't already have someone else that can do the same thing that's younger, faster, stronger. So I, my, my one question in regard to like that ending answer of like what he could provide, they, the analysts stated that Paul Ariola would get an automatic call up and a guaranteed spot. Do you see that? Like in comparison, like what? If I think Ariola is a different type of player. Okay. Ariola is much more direct, uh, and I think a much more effective uh, player as well. I can't. Uh, I can't say I know how Paul Ariel has been doing this year. Um, I've he's really been, been fantastic. Uh, he's on, in the MVP race for sure. I know. He, I know he was traded for like two million dollars in Gam or whatever, which is a ridiculous Garber amount. Garber bucks. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I guess it might just be based on form. I mean, Sebastian Legette, again, I, I think maybe it's just because he's playing a secondary role. But honestly, if you're Sebastian Legette, you know, you're not going to take the ball off of Carlos Hill's foot. I don't know. I'm, I might be in the minority here. I think Sebastian Legette's fine. But hey, uh, Gabe is joining us here. Gabe, uh, what's on your mind tonight? I think that the the Revs in general, they don't play Legette in the right spot. Um, we've been playing him more kind of on like the, the mid, like a wide midfield role almost. But I feel like with the national team, he would play more as like an eight. And uh, if we look at the national team roster, no chance Legette, as of now, would ever touch any of the eights in that scenario. Because we have Luca De La Torre who can fill that role. Uh, Busio, even though Busio is not even probably going to go to Qatar. So there's a lot of different options there. But I think uh, with the Revs in general, they're not playing him in the right spot, which I don't think that – well, I think that's why he's not performing – as well as he could in our on our team. No, agree. I, I, I'll let that be the final comment. I don't have anything to add onto that one. I do think we do need to talk about a different World Cup, though, and that is 2026. Do we want to make any predictions if Boston is on the list? A, a few hours ago, the Philadelphia Inquirer came out with an article that says that the uh, it's rumored Philadelphia is a huge favorite. I believe they said it's rumored that D.C. slash Baltimore is also a favorite for a site, and it's rumored that Boston slash Roxborough uh, is is on the outside looking in. Um, uh, uh, Caleb, Chris, uh, whoever wants to jump in first game, if you want to hop in. Randy, I know you're still here. Uh, are, what's our predictions? Is, is Boston going to be a winner or a loser in this one? You know, I think all of all along in this entire process, it's felt like Foxborough has been on the outside looking in. This uh, This World Cup is much bigger than it was in 94. Uh, you know, obviously it's three countries now, so you have to take that into account as well. Uh, Canada's getting some of the stadiums. Mexico's getting some of the stadiums. Uh, and then what's left for, for the United States? And then how you think how much uh, the sport has grown, how many more soccer-specific stadiums. There's a lot more competition. Um, and the same, it's almost the same as that stadium that, uh, that they played in in 94, the last time the World Cup was in the U.S., uh, obviously, it's it's a renovated stadium, or it's a new stadium built right next to the old one. Uh, but it it feels like there's really not a whole lot done to really attract that sort of uh, environment of a World Cup uh, atmosphere. And I went to a World Cup game in '94, and it was really weird because there's nothing else around. Uh, so you just have a bunch of people just congregate in the middle. It's like a Woodstock type thing. Um, I mean, it's much more built up now than it was in '94, but still. Uh, it's it's a weird spot. I feel like they're on the outside looking in. I am not hopeful that that Foxborough gets selected, um, but it would be awesome if uh, if if we could at least get one game in our area. But uh, I don't I don't see it happening. Caleb, give us your thoughts here. Uh, you, you feeling good about our chances tomorrow? So, I mean, I don't think more. I don't think it was promoted enough to begin with. Boston with the World Cup bid, um, but. I'm actually on the other side because I, I think we're going to get a match at Boston or Foxborough. But one thing that definitely, like I was on the there's no way teetering side, but then there was a post that was less uh, posted, I believe today or yesterday, that said the head of Boston, the, the, the Boston World Cup bid, and Bellello, who's also involved in that, are going to be available for media after the announcement. And I feel like if they weren't included, they would just wouldn't get media. Like, 
like, yeah, like, oh, we lost, blah, 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 whatever. Like, once you publicly say, like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, or all the heads of the of the run are all available for media, like, I feel like that's, like, an indicator, like, oh, like, this is, this might be something, like, that might give us a chance. Mm-hmm. But in the end, if we don't have a game in Boston, I know for a fact I will be driving to MetLife, and I will watch and I'm up like chili on a Tuesday, because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and and I've, uh, I'm down in the Philadelphia area, so I know some Ben Musk guys are going to be coming down to Philadelphia, potentially. Caleb, you're also invited as well. Anyone in the Twitter space is invited well. Let's all get together in 2026 if there's no Foxborough game. Uh, but uh, it's what's funny about the press conference, Caleb, is that it came out, I was talking to a few other people in you know the, the Revs media circle, which is really just like two different group DMs. And uh, I heard arguments both ways that the press release, one person thought it was good news, one person thought it was bad news. And we, we kind of read through this uh, press release. And um, yeah, I think they kind of said the same thing. Would Bilello be available for interviews uh, if they didn't get the bid? Then there was kind of posed, well, why isn't Kraft available if they're getting it? Um, it was brought up that Philadelphia is having some watch parties, some public watch parties. I don't see in the press release that there is one here. Maybe there is one, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. So um, I've heard it both ways that this might be good, this might be bad. Um, I'm I'm a little nervous on this one. I think it's going to be a I – mean, let, let's get to the, the chase here. Uh, I think Robert Kraft is on the World Cup, Cup board, and if he can't bring a game to his home stadium, uh, I mean, I, I defend Kraft on certain things, but this would be a massive, massive failure on his part to grow soccer in the region. I think it, it would be a, a, a really big plus for him. Um, and, and it'd be very, very disappointing if we don't get a game. It's pretty disappointing we haven't gotten, you know, a gold cup in a while. I think the last gold cup in Foxborough was 2015. Um, you know, it, it just seems like they've totally dropped off the map in terms of in international soccer, and those always drew very well. So uh, we'll be very disappointing if, if we don't end up there. So uh, I don't know if anyone else has any takes. I'm going to get through these last couple of questions, uh, and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, just real quick, uh, Eric said uh, he's curious how many times Josie Altador has been judged to have been fouled this season. At times, it looks like Hackershack out there without the benefit of the whistle. The one time he did get a call tonight, it was in our own box defending a corner, and it felt like the ref called it by accident. Uh, I think that also kind of, you know, if you're a bigger player, you just don't really get those calls uh, very often. So uh, John Pilkington says, what was your favorite yellow tonight? Uh, mine was Schlegel's uh, foul where Dewan Jones was kind of running by him and he gets pulled down from behind. I thought that was an incredible play by Dewan Jones. Um, I, I thought it was a, a brilliant kind of flash. I thought it was leading to a goal. Uh, so I, I guess it was a good tactical foul. But uh, really just in terms of the play, I thought that was my favorite play that drew a foul, uh, a yellow. Uh, and then uh, Jim asks the uh, big question I think a lot of people are asking. Please convince we, me we don't need a striker badly, three up top, uh, and not even a shot. Um, I, I still think they need a forward. I'm not totally convinced Josie's coming back. I know we've gone soft on Josie this episode, and we've kind of said nice things about him, but uh, I'm not totally sure he's going to come close to replacing Buxa. I do, you know, I think the argument to why we don't need a striker and maybe we need a midfielder is, um, you know, maybe we go back to the 4-2-3-1 and bow really carries his weight as a lone striker. Um, but I don't want to rely on that. And considering that Bo has been injured recently, um, a little bit last year, a little bit this year, um, you know, if he goes down and you don't bring in another striker, uh, that's a that's a really, really bad omen going into the playoffs. So, uh, Caleb, do you have anything to add on that before we head out? Um, I f- oh, Can you hear me? Sorry, I thought you rose, ro- uh, raised your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think... Honestly, we probably should go for a forward, but I wouldn't necessarily denote that to a nine. 
Like, if if I was going to go out and grab someone, it would probably be a runner. Or if Barrero can play right wing, then get a left winger. Um, I'm more on the winger basis on this one. But at the same time, I would much rather us go get a DP center back and replace Andrew Farrell. Um, that's a whole different argument, and I can talk about this for an hour, but we'll leave it at that. Well, let me let me ask you this, because you say a DP. Would you be fine with, uh, you know, do, I guess my argument there is I don't like spending a designated player on a uh, defender. I know more money is being thrown at defenders over time, so it, it's not as – uh, you know, hard of a rule for me as it has been in the past. But, um, I mean, I, I would like to see an upgrade overall. Are, are you – do you think the biggest need is central defense? Because in my mind, if you have one designated player spot, you got to spend it at the most valuable position. And for me, that's either a winger or a forward. Uh, do you think center back right now is the, the biggest weakness? I think just defense in general is a big weakness right now. I think the one is going to get shipped out to Germany within the next one to two years. And I wholeheartedly believe that he will be like literally the Alfonso Davies of the Bundesliga in a few Ooh. years. Um, so with that being said, preferably like a left back or a center back or basically just a defender in general. I mean, I've been all over Twitter about it. Like I want a player that people know that have won, that is a leader, like two names, Marcelo, David Luiz would do unbelievable numbers for Reds games. It would attract the Brazilian community, the Portuguese community. They've won. They're leaders. Two players, yes, age will be a problem soon, but... Uh, Caleb, can I ask you this then, right? So are you you looking to bring in uh, center backs that are going to sell tickets for the organization, or do you want center backs that are going to help the organization win a title because the refs have already tried bringing in a former uh, very good center back. Well, Bootner is another one too, but I'm going to Omar Omar Gonzalez was really good for several years. (laughs) And he's on the roster right now. I think think they've they've tried this. I think he's not, he's not putting butts in the seat. So it's a little different. Like, yeah, Marcelo is going to sell a lot more tickets. I understand. David Luiz is going to sell a million tickets. I get it. Let me, let me me reword the question. Would you rather go after an established, I'll say designated player level, but it might be like Max Tam, like, uh, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking? Who just signed with LAFC? Chiellini. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Would you rather have a signing like that or would you rather have like a U22 younger player that might show promise? Like I'll, I'll pose it that way. Like would you rather go with promise that might be, you know, uh, a good player that grows into something or would you rather get a big name that sells jerseys but might be a step behind where he was in the past? So kind of like where I was getting at before, if we were LAFC and signed Chiellini, I would be ecstatic, over the moon. That guy is a proven winner, a proven leader, both for Juventus and for the national team for almost a decade. And not only is he going to sell seats and attract more fans, that guy just improved their entire backline. And this, this, yeah, but for this, one year. It's going to be uh, maximum one year, two years. That's the thing. The thing is, is like, I disagree because... Obviously, it's you can't compare a center back to a goalie, but Buffon has been playing forever. He's 44, and he's still playing professionally. So I don't like, think Chiellini, like, if I'm being honest, his decline 
to be honest, he had a good Euros. But if you look at how he was, he's been playing since then. He has not really been playing well at all. If I'm being honest, he his season with Juventus was one of his worst for a while, and I think he's on a decline. I think the red, like if you're gonna look at a center back, you need to look at like someone who's on the fringe at a team that is worth nothing. So like Barcelona, they have. Do you guys know Umtiti or whatever the French Samuel guy? Samuel? He's he his transfer market value right now is two million. He's two million. And he's only 28. Like, that's not that bad for a center back. And I think he'd boss it in MLS. I think going for an in-between player like that would be way better. And I really think they should look at Umtiti because 28 years old and only 2 million, and he's at Barca. And he's been known as one of – he won the World Cup with France starting. So he yes. he's a great player to look at. Definitely agree. The only other player that I could think of off the top of my head that I would love, and that's just for a bias reason – Go get Phil Jones because you know he'll put a shift in and he's only 30. I'll leave it at that. I'm still on the Tristan Blackman train. Um, go over to Vancouver, send them some Garber Bucks, send them Omar Gonzalez, and, you know. <laughs> you just want Omar Gonzalez off the team. I, I will say, too, I, we talk about Dewan Jones might be leaving. I don't think it's unrealistic, too, for Henry Kessler to get European uh, interest as well. I know there was some... I think it was a blog for Celtic. I don't know. It's not an actual link, but, uh, you know, they mentioned Henry Kessler as a potential target, an American target. They also listed Cameron Carter Vickers, who, who ended up signing with them. But, um, you know, I, I think he's probably getting some international attention as well. He's cracked in with the United States, Spins national team. I know he's on the cusp there. So, um, you know, it, it wouldn't totally shock me if he gets some interest abroad. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of young talent on that back line, but that doesn't last forever, and they move on to greener pastures, as we're finding out right now. So, um, that, yeah, I, that, I, I think central defense is going to be a, a, a big spot to fill. Maybe not right now. Maybe they can kind of ride the wave throughout the rest of the year, similar like they did last year. Um, but, you know, Andrew Fell is on the wrong side of 30. Chris and I can attest that once he turned 30, the, the, the physical fitness goes downhill. Uh, his best days are behind him. And, and if Henry Kessler leaves, you know, what do you have behind that? So um, yeah, I'm sure they'll have some interesting players from Revs too, but uh, there should be a plan B. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they kind of fill that out in the future. So. Uh, I'll go to this. Uh, oh, Kel, anyone have anything to, to say on that before I move on to the next topic? We have to be careful with Kessler because he's not cap tied yet. I thought didn't he get in? Uh, was not tied in uh, from that? Didn't he get in the Gold Cup game last summer? Wasn't he get like a two so appearance? He he did, but when I talked to him, it's three appearances. That's what he told me. So he is not officially cap tied yet. I, that's, I, that's that's his word, but I don't know if that's FIFA's word. But well, I, I, he he probably would know better than me. I, I can't keep up with all the rules. It's hard enough keeping up with all these stupid MLS rules. Uh, the international rules uh, are, are just a different language to me. Uh, yeah. We did get one one uh, question uh, on Instagram a few days ago. I want to mention uh, before we we wrap it up here. We're going to be touching ninety minutes, so I want to wrap this up soon. But uh, he says uh, this is Andrew. He says, is it worth moving heel back out to the wing so that Sebastian Legette can play center? Uh, heel is vital and has proven effective at the right wing uh, in the past. Uh, could this be the formation shift to boost Legette's impact for us, moving him to the center, Barrero on the left, and heel on the right with Bo up top? Uh, I, I think they all kind of float around, so I'm not totally sure that's going to have as much of a desired effect as you'd think. Um, I, I think Legette and Heel kind of rotate back and forth 
already. Um, it, it's kind of fluid, as Bruce Arena would tell you, that the uh, you know starting positions are you know just a starting point, so to say. Um, and, and I don't know. I think overall you want to maximize the number of touches Carlos Hill gets. So um, I think it's a pretty decent idea. But I think overall it wouldn't really be a game changer as well. Uh, so Chris, anything to, to uh, uh, add on to that before we uh, move on? Uh, the only thing I, I think early in the season uh, it felt like they were playing a little bit more like that. There was uh, there was more overlap between Legit and Hugh. Um, the swapping positions, and I think that it was actually very effective. So, I mean, I'd be game to, to see them try it out a bit. You know, they're not scoring as many goals as I feel that they should be, especially with how much possession and, and uh, how much attacking chances they've been creating. So uh, try it out. Uh, maybe p- I, I know they do it already, but, you know, just do it some more, I guess. I, mm-hmm. what It can't hurt to try mm-hmm. at this point. Chris, any final thoughts before we wrap up here today? No, just thank you for joining from inside your aquarium today. Um, <laughs> your audio has been in and out, but it's been it's been okay. So um, thank you so much, Greg, for hosting this. Um, and uh, yeah, Revs one one. Hopefully we uh, we get some some more wins, some three points uh, down the road. Uh, I'm just hoping for playoffs, man. I just I just want playoffs. Uh, I, I don't think I have too much to add on here. Caleb, uh, you're the last speaker here. Do you have anything to add before we, we head out? I don't know if we've lost you at all, but uh, if you have any final thoughts before we depart here, uh, the floor is yours. Three points on Sunday. Three points on Sunday. I like it. Let's end it with that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap. You can also follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. If you haven't already, please do that. Uh, please also be sure to follow The Bent Musket on Twitter at The Bent Musket and follow their work online at www.thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage. And also be sure to follow our friends in the Rebellion at The Rebellion on Twitter and go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about them uh, and their supporter group. Also be sure to check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use our promo code Revs Recap for 15% off your order. That is Revs Recap at galassokits.com for 15% off your order. And of course, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you're listening. If you can rate and review us five stars, it would be greatly appreciated. We haven't gotten a five-star review on iTunes for a while, so please uh, help us boost our numbers and help people who are looking for Revolution content find it uh we'll be back next weekend following the game i believe it's a sunday game potential celtics game seven uh later that night so we will not be if there is a game seven we'll probably record an episode and might be a monday midday podcast but if not uh we'll probably have a podcast uh monday morning for you guys thank you everyone for listening thank you to everyone who joined today uh and spoke or or replied on twitter uh in live time uh love doing these live twitter spaces and hopefully we get to do it uh, again uh soon but thank you everyone for listening and go reps You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.